Joining us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line, you know him, you love him. He's the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz. It is David Locke joining us. David, how are you? You know, you always say that, but you never call to say you love me anymore. We never have our 11.30 at night long conversations like we used to, and our wives would wonder why we were still talking to each other. You know, you know I miss you, Scotty. I Look, I miss you as well. Here's the problem. like you were, I, And i got to learn from you on this one a little bit because you juggle – so many different things, so very well. I am not a particularly good juggler, and uh, and the whole play by play thing, mixing with the job and everything else. Like I, it is it is a, it is a tough tough routine, and and I'm always impressed on how you handle that. Can I give you one suggestion? Sure. You know, when you wake up in the morning, what is important in your day, and the last you can allow outside forces to dictate that, the better chance you have of getting everything done. So, there. I mean, I can give you, I can bore you with my details, but that's my big picture approach, is that when I wake up in the morning, um, I do two things. I, I, well, when I go to bed, I know my schedule the day before because I can't sleep otherwise. And then I write down my purpose of the day. First thing I do every morning, um, unless I maybe do yoga or meditation or something first. And that purpose of the day drives how I make my decisions throughout the day. And then I try to keep the outside notifications, emails, influences from changing where my day goes if possible. Did uh, KK get you into yoga? I've always been into yoga. Oh, KK really? tried to get me into, yeah, I've always been into yoga. Okay. I'm into meditation right now and trying that. Not so good at it, but I'm trying. But I've been pretty diligent with that recently, about 20 minutes every morning. What's the difference between yoga and hot yoga? So I don't do hot yoga because I don't like hot. I like I don't mind being cold. Like, I'll do cryotherapy long before I'll do Bikram yoga. Um, so Bikram yoga is hot yoga. is like you're in a room that's really, really hot. And it's kind of sweating everything out. And some people find that very peaceful and this kind of exhilarating rush. I think I would find it deliriously pukeable. Um, yoga, just in general, is almost a meditation. But also, you know, some of us are getting older and our bodies are a little stiff when we wake up. So... There's some value to just that all-around strength, too. All right, we we we've only, we can uh, we can stall as long as we can, but uh, I'm sure on a ski slope at a grocery store at a gas station, somebody's going to come up to you and say, "What's going on with the Jazz?" So let me ask you this, David: What's going on with the Jazz? So it's interesting. I mean, there's three different ways you could look at this, right? So had we intermix the four most recent games in the last 19 since we added Jordan Clarkson so that we were 14 and five over the stretch with just like a few losses in there. We'd be like, yeah, all right, no problem. If we, if you isolate each individual game, there's like a story that makes total sense to why that happened on that given night. And then if you put all four of them together as your third choice, then you get like a little concern. I actually think in a lot of ways this takes us right back to the very start of the season. When the season started, my opinion of the Jazz from my numbers analysis was that they would have one of the number one, two, or three offenses in the NBA, and the question was whether or not they could be elite defensively still. If they were going to be middle of the pack defensively, they'd be really, really good. If they were elite defensively, they'd be great. Western Conference finalist, NBA finalist caliber team. And right now, we're not very good defensively. We've had two of our, 
Uh, in the last three games, we've had two of our worst defensive outings of the year. And in our last four games, we've had four of our 13 worst defensive outings. So is that that there's something defensively wrong? Did we just hit a little bit of a bump? Is that, you know, you kind of go through each one and you say, Houston was weird because all the things we can defend didn't play, even though they're like big names. But Clint Capella playing is helpful to us. Then they're not running T.J. Tucker pick and rolls. Frankly, if James Harden and Russell Westbrook play, then they're not running P.J. Tucker pick-and-rolls. And you can go under on Russell Westbrook all night and make him shoot mid-range jumpers, and he won't attack the basket because of Rudy. And James Harden is trying to attack the basket in a way he's never very comfortable against Rudy. But on that night, P.J. Tucker set a million picks for Eric Gordon and others, and we didn't guard, we didn't guard any of them well. They averaged 1.5 points for P.J. Tucker pick-and-roll. Second night was San Antonio having the best mid-range shooting night in like a decade, something absurd. Next night is a back-to-back in Denver where we're really, really good for three quarters and then seemingly run out of gas. And the next night we run into the hottest offensive team in the NBA and the hottest NBA player we may have ever seen in the history of the NBA in a six-game stretch. No player has ever created more points than Dame Lillard has in the last six games, including Wilt Chamberlain on his 100-game stretch. Hmm. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. I was going to ask you about Damian a little bit later on, but uh, it's just a special, special run that guy's on. No, you haven't seen you haven't seen a run like this ever. Well, I mean, if you count points and assists, points created, it's never yeah. been done. Wow. No, and I think uh, Kevin felt out a stat when he was working with us because I only bring in the best stats, people. There you um, go. Uh, it's one thing when, like, he first starts as your intern and then he's got 400,000 Twitter followers, like, probably the second most trusted NBA voice out there. And, you know, he's still nice enough to be humble and do stuff with me. Um, the, uh, I think, what is he, the first person over a six-game stretch to ever average 45 points in tennis? Jeez. <laughs> That's a, crazy numbers. Yeah, he's impressive. Um, David, I, I wanted to get his, into totally irrelevant to him. It's crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at the teams that he's done it against, too, in the last – and it's not like he's done that against scrub teams. That four-game stretch that included the win over the Jazz the night after you beat the Lakers at Staples Center during the Kobe Bryant tribute, I mean, he's put this together against the Pacers, the Lakers. Was it the Mavericks might be in there? Rockets. Oh, the Rockets Rockets. and the Jazz. And that's just a tough stretch. Yeah. And it started with 61 against Golden State. And, you know, if you look back, they they get blown out by, like, 19 against Milwaukee. And Dame realizes if they're going to make a run this year, they got to do it now. David, I wanted to transition a little bit into the day after tomorrow. Um, the NBA trade deadline's coming up pretty quickly on us. I spent some time reading through some projections, and it's funny. You don't see the Utah Jazz mentioned anywhere. Are you expecting anything with the Jazz in the trade deadline? I don't think the Jazz are in a position where they control their own desti- destiny on this trade deadline. And what I mean by that is I don't think the Jazz can pick up the phone and say, here's our collection of assets, let's make a deal. Um, because the collection of assets is really pretty limited. If deals are going down and there's a piece of the puzzle that's needed and the Jazz can 
get something that's better for them in that circumstance, then that's how I think the Jazz could possibly get involved in something. So, I mean, I'm trying to think of an example, but, like, it's hard to do an example because you're using players and names. But let's say that somebody needs, you know, a $5 million slot to be filled so they can be added to a puzzle or something, or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, we, that we might be able to do that. If they, you know, need a $2 million this to happen there so that they, maybe we can do that. Um, it's going to be difficult for us to go call someone right now and say, let's do a deal and them to think, wow, that's such a great deal. I want to get it done. The other scenario is, you know, and Dennis and Justin are great at this, doing their due diligence, letting everyone kind of know where you stand, having those conversations, and maybe what time is the trade deadline? One o'clock our time? Yeah, I believe so. So maybe at 1245, somebody calls and says, still willing to give us a second round draft pick for so-and-so. Yeah, we are. But that second round draft pick's pretty unappealing to them, but it's better than nothing. Yeah. And... They've been trying to get something better than that second-round draft pick for the last three days, and they can't do it. And so at 12.45, they call the Jazz back up and say, hey, you know what, we'll do such and such and a second. Can we get two seconds? You know, fine, sure, have a second second. Uh, or whatever it might be. But I, I don't see a scenario where the Jazz can <clears throat> pick up the phone and make a deal with the assets they have to offer. Not, uh, not you know, take the jazz out of it. Are there trades out there that you think um, that that, uh, that that have caught your attention? Rumored trades that could happen that you think might you know alter the landscape of the NBA to a certain degree? Not really. I mean, the big the big package is the Clippers have a first round draft pick in Mo Hartland, hmm. and so I think they're going to end up with Tristan Thompson on that deal. And I'm not sure, and they might not give up the first round on that one. They might do Mo Harkless and, and Zubak for that first, for Tristan Thompson. And I guess they're better. Um, I guess Tristan Thompson's better. But yeah. I'm not sure he's, in his experience, he's been there before. Listen, but I missed, you know, hey, let's make sure we're clear. I missed last year. I thought Toronto made a mistake when they traded Valanciunas for Marcus Gasol and they won the title. So, you know, I could be... I can miss on these things um, pretty badly um, and may, you know, and may again, if I'm not careful. So um, that one I think is the most likely deal that goes down that has some impact on the league. The Lakers don't really have pieces to trade unless they're going to do Kuzma. The Rockets are trying to get under the luxury tax from all reports and done with Clint Capella. I mean, they could, that could just the way they're going to play could be dramatically different. Um, so they're really relying an awful lot on P.J. Tucker, who's old and slow. Um, I was reading that, David, that they were talking about getting rid of Cabela and looking for another wing. Uh, what I don't understand what exactly Houston is is, is looking for. That's, is that just cap situation for them? No, the, the, item is, the idea is that the center position is the most easily filled in the league for limited dollars and still getting productivity. Hmm. So that if you're asking Clint Capella to set a pick, roll to the rim, defend a little, you can get that without paying $14 million. 
the irony is, like, I don't know if it's really true. I think it might be a regular season truth, not a playoff truth. The irony is one of the teams they're talking to is Boston, who is basically implementing that system perfectly right now. Right? They're playing Daniel Tice, Ennis Canner, Robert Williams at center, three guys that whatever, all on limited salary, and they all kind of get it done well enough with enough talent around them. And they might be deciding that that doesn't work for the playoffs, so they want Clint Capella. Mm. Whereas Houston's deciding that they're tired of playing Clint Capella for the regular season when the center seems to be a position you can just replace semi-easily. Makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, David, appreciate your time as always. Uh, look forward to hearing you on the call, and uh, let's uh, let's uh, I'll, I'll hit you up later. How about that? My phone rings <laughs> and gets re- and it actually has a special ringtone for you. <laughs> I'm curious to know what the ringtone is. Uh, um, maybe a Utah State. Oh, there you go. Football call. I like it. Okay. What the hell just happened? <laughs> there you go. The great David. Locke. What the David. hell just happened? <laughs> I'd wake you up. He's going to be hearing that four or five times tonight. 